0: Welcome to Word of Truth. This is Doug Presley. It is 8 13 2023. We're ready to continue our worship service. We're going to continue with the thought of the week in prayer. Okay,
1: thought three. Believers in Christ can also be influenced by satanic thinking. While we cannot be drawn by Satan, he still attempts to insult us by urging us to depart from the truth. God is in control and owns us. So we don't have to worry about Satan bringing us back into the kingdom of darkness anymore. Even though we are redeemed as new babies, we are not innocent. Our minds are, filled, our minds are filled with darkness, evil, and false Reality, Satan's thinking, thinking is already in us while we are saved, Peter says. Therefore, a rickshaw of our malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, and the incentive of, of every kind, like new-born babies, create pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. What is the cure for a mind filled with darkness? It is bringing. It, it is again to residence of truth. He called milk for the newborn baby. Many things they must behave or else give and to same temptation. It is just the opposite. We start out filled with temptation, and we must reconcile of this darkness. If we do not, if we do not adapt a consistent regimen of built and they if they eventually respond on to the meat, we will certainly not be equipped to take our place in the battle. And that's the thought of the week. As the scripture says, that we all came in the same way, with evil thinking, and we were controlled by Satan. But now we don't have to be that way no more. One just say. We must learn how to rid ourselves of the the evil way of thinking. And like Peter said, we must put on we must rid ourselves of spiritual we must put on spiritual things. And we must also like newborn babies, we must save milk. As babies in Christ and grow to maturity, and then we are equipped for a solid food. So this is the thought of the week as given to us by by understanding who and what we are in Christ. So at the time of our uh, of our service, we like to have prayer. But anyone have any special requests they have for prayer?
0: Yeah. Dave, the Presley family and the Haddon family.
1: Okay. Anyone else? Keep the you know. Myers family in prayer. No, so definitely. All right, let's take this to the Thorn Most Grace. Father, we're uh, asking you, Lord, to look over the uh, prayer especially families that have family, the Meyer family, and my family as well, the as well We ask you, Lord, to look over us as we continue to grow, that you will uh, be able to see that we are growing in your grace, Father. We ask you, Lord, as those who are hearing this, on our on confidence, Father, as you protect them. You protect us from all evil consequences, Father, and that we can grow in your spirit grace. Father, we ask you, Lord, to look over us as we are in this world, Father, until you determine and decide to bring us home. Father, we ask you, Lord, to purify us, Father, with your word, Father, as we grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We, ask, we also ask the Father, those who have a thirst of salvation or having, still have a doubt about salvation to bring them into the truth, Father, so we are saved through grace by faith. It is not coming from our Father, to give a God, not a work, so that we cannot boast, Father. We ask in this, Lord, in your presence, name, in
0: Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate that. We are moving into our new uh, uh, where we are in Galatians, chapter 2. I'd say we are almost we got a one more verse after 2, two 19 and 20 we're, we're at I think we need some review since we hadn't met for a while we're going to look at uh, some review of the law Paul says in Galatians 2 19 for through the law I died to the law so that I might live for God that's where we want to that phrase even though this is an overview of Galatians I keep saying overview obviously we're we're getting uh, really I think the urgency is that we understand these things because the law is an important subject if you don't have the understanding of the law then some of the scriptures about the law may confuse you so you need Take some time, make sure you understand the law. We're going to go over it once again. Uh, and then we'll pick up, I'm sure, into, we'll get into Galatians 2.20. I'm going to move fast until we get to the place where we had not covered. Galatians 2.19 in your notes, that's point number eight. It says, let's talk about the law. There are two reasons we are not under the Mosaic law. Okay, so two primary reasons. One, the law used as a minister of death and condemnation. In this role, the law is used to magnify the bad news. It shows us that we need a savior. Everyone in Adam is under the law. And so we we went through the scriptures where it shows in 2 Corinthians 3, 7 through 9, the Ten Commandments is listed there, and it's called the Ministry of Condemnation. <laughs> it shows God's view of everybody in Adam is already, there's, the, the jury's not out on this. It's already The verdict has already been rendered. Condemned. That's what we are. The whole race of Adam. Not just you individually, oh, those over there doing these sins, they're condemned. And those over there doing those other sins, they're condemned. No, the whole human race condemned. The verdict is already out. Now, how do we know that that's the case? Well, we got scriptures. The Bible tells us God's thinking on this. And if the whole world is condemned already, and it's no trying to get God's favor and say, oh, well, if I could just you know, show God that I'm sincere and my heart is in the right place, I could, condemned is the verdict. That's where we need to understand. The whole human race, including you, including the Jews who thought, well, we got God's laws. We know what God wants us to do. We are God's holy people. We should, God should give us a a pass condemned. That's what you are. There's none righteous, not even one. So God made that. You can't change that. There's nothing that we can do to change that. So this is the first reason God gave us the Mosaic law. And believe me, people were lost and saved before Adam. I'm sorry, not before Adam, before Moses, if you read that and. Um, Romans 5, 13 through 15. But they still were under the condemnation and the death that Adam had, even though they didn't have the law. So this is before Moses. But now that we have the law, this is God's way of informing the world that they need a Savior. They need salvation. Everything is not okay. You don't have it within your power to fix things here. So everyone in Adam is under the law. We covered this in detail. And there's no escaping it from any person, any group, any individual. Jews or Gentiles are all under the power of sin. Says Romans 3.9. So, if we miss this point, there's no other points to make. That's not point A, B, C, or D. It's just, if you miss this point, you are still in Adam. And what's God's opinion of you, if you want to know? You you did some really good things. You helped people out. You You gave money to the poor. You did all these things. Well, what's God's opinion of you? Condemned is his opinion of you. So if we get that, did the law do its work on you? Did, did it? Did you get it? That's the question. It's the first use of the law. We demonstrated that. Point two is the second use of the way uh, God uses the law. And that's the way of life for Israel. This is only for the calling of Israel as a nation. Was never designed for Gentiles. I gave a couple of scriptures where it says, Gentiles who have not the law. Who had the law? Jews, Israel. God gave the law as he was forming, after he pulled them out of Egypt, he was forming the nation Israel. What's the first thing he did? He gave them the conduct. And, and the laws for their nation. When God gave the law of Mount Sinai, he didn't give it to the whole world. He gave it to Israel. So who, who's subject to that law? Israel. He didn't intend for all Gentile nations to be under the Mosaic law. Israel has a special calling before God, and there's calling requires that God equip them to do the job that they are called to do the Mosaic law explains all of that how the nation should function in every aspect whether spiritual religious in terms of ceremonial uh, salvation all of that is explained in the Mosaic Law, how the nation should function, even rules of, where if you if people violate these rules, capital punishment is to is to be leveled upon them. So there was all sorts of laws under the umbrella of the Mosaic Law, characterized by the Ten Commandments. But the Ten Commandments are not just the whole law. There's lots of commandments, six hundred and some if you add them all up. And these laws are not just for the world. It's it's for Israel, only for Israel, period, as a way of life, because they are God's peculiar, special people. Now, of course, we know in this age we're not under the law because we're not the nation Israel. When we get to Romans 13, if God were going to put us under the Mosaic law, if there was some reason why he would want to tell us that the Mosaic law extends to all the world, then he would have told us right there in Romans 13. But do you know what he said? He said that we Christians, believers in this world, are scattered all over the world, in every nation, and we are to be subject to the up to the powers of the laws that be. That means Gentile nations. You did you, you're sub, well, I should We're in the United States of America and we're primarily a Gentile nation. Not Jew, not Israel. We're a Gentile nation. And what laws are we subject to? The Mosaic law? No, no. I don't care if this country's laws They tried to mirror them in some respects to the Mosaic law. I don't care. They're not Israel. This country is not Israel. It doesn't matter what they think. They're a Gentile nation. They're not under the law. Nobody is... uh, So then secondly, since we're in the new age now, nobody is under the Mosaic law. Even people who are born... As Jews, as with the with the genes of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they are not under the law. No, as a Christian, none of us are under the Mosaic Law. Why? Because the law was meant for a nation. The nation Israel. That's the only nation it applies to. If Israel is sleeping right now, then nobody is keeping the Mosaic Law in this in this world. Nobody. No nation. Not even the, the nation Israel that's over there right now. Those people, are, they're not keeping the Mosaic law. They may have designed their self around it, but God, they don't believe in Christ. They rejected Christ, remember? So we're going to move through these quickly. In This, this is point number three, eight, three in our notes. In this new age... Israel is sleeping in discipline, and God has instituted our new dispensation at Pentecost. So God has a new plan for those believers who are here in the world. And they may be Jews, and they may be Gentiles. It's a new plan. What's the new plan? It's not the Mosaic law, which was designed for a nation. It's not that. So Israel sleeping in discipline. We got a new age. Have you not understood that? The book of Galatians is helping us understand that—that we're under a new dispensation. When did it begin? Pentecost. Point four. Under the new dispensation, the Mosaic law has no jurisdiction over Jews or Gentiles. Explain, because if you're Jew or Gentile now, you're in the church. This is a new entity that God created at Pentecost. It's now on the ground. And it's not to say Israel never has a future. We're talking about national Israel. Not, national Israel is not the people who are over there right now. That's not national Israel. That's coming. Right now, Israel is sleeping as a nation. While God is calling out many sons in the glory. So under the, that was point four, no jurisdiction over Jews or Gentiles. Period. None. God has a new way of life for those who are in the church. Are some of the things that are in the Mosaic Law in the new dispensation? I would say yes. There, there may be some overlap in some of the requirements for things for believers, And how we ought to conduct our lives in this new age. Yes, there may be some overlap. However, we're not under the Mosaic law. Okay, let's keep that in mind. God will tell us what those things are. We might call that the law of Christ. Now, here's a good example of that. And I know this isn't in your notes, but... In 1 Corinthians 9, this is what Paul says... Uh, he's witnessing to people he's telling us how different people can respond right so or how he must adjust when it comes to witnessing to different people first corinthians chapter 9 verse 19 though i am free and belong to no one i made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible verse 20 to the jews i became like a jew now paul is not bound to by the Mosaic law. He already, we already know that. But he's saying to witness the people who, are, who think they're under the Mosaic law, he says, I, 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 I'll play along. I, I'll become like a Jew. Meaning, not hypocrisy, but to win the Jews, verse 20. To those, If he wins the Jews, then he helps them understand the truth about their situation. To those under the law, I became like one under the law. Look, though I myself am not under the law. Now, did Paul think he was under the law? No. <laughs> he was a Jew. But but once he came into the church, he understood that he wasn't under the law anymore. There it is, verse 20. But why did he why did he act like he was under the law? Because if he was rubbing shoulders with them, so as to win those under the law. Verse 21. To those not having the law. Who didn't have the law? <laughs> if somebody says, well, everybody's supposed to keep the Mosaic law. Well, here Paul is saying there are some people who don't have the law. Who would that be? Gentiles. That's not their nation. They have their own laws. To those not having law. I became like one not having the law. In other words, I rubbed. Remember, I don't have any obligation to any of them but i just my purpose is to win so as to win those not having the law but look at this though i am not though i am not free from god's law but am under christ's law so when he says i'm not free from god's law he's saying here's where his obligation is he's under christ's law and there's some overlap there this is what i mean by there's some overlap doesn't Okay, so we shouldn't murder. That's in the Mosaic law, right? That's also in the way we conduct ourselves. We don't walk around thinking it's okay to murder. We're not. I mean, if you do that, I'm not saying people might murder or that would stop them from being saved. But I'm saying that murder is a sin in the Mosaic law. It's also a sin in our age. So there's overlap. I hope you didn't. I'm not informing you that murder is a sin. You better know that. Okay. So, so then, um, th- so to the, here he goes on further, verse 22 The weak, I became weak. To win the weak, I have become all things to all people, so that all by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings. So then he goes and talking about how that's part of his the race he has to run back to our notes uh, so just keep that in mind we're not under the Mosaic Law under any circumstance. Mosaic Law has no jurisdiction over us point and, then, and this was I think it's point five yeah point five in the Old Testament the law never had jurisdiction over Gentiles never did unless they decided to convert to Judaism which time they would now be under uh, the Mosaic law. They would be putting themselves under the Mosaic law. If you look at in Acts chapter 2, here you have it, right? So let me show you. In Acts chapter 2, when uh, the day of Pentecost had come, uh, it says, Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And utterly ama- So when the crowd came together in Bemilderment, they heard him in their own language. Yeah, so verse 12, they were amazed and perplexed. Acts 2.12. Um, I'm sorry, it's 2.11, sorry. It tells you from all the places where these people had come from. And verse two 2.11, both Jews, and here it is, co- and converts to Judaism. Cretans and Arabs, and we all hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. So they were people in these all these places, but they were converts to Judaism. But there were Jews, people who were not converts. They grew up with the genes of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But there were also converts, people or proselytes to Judaism. What did you have to do? Well, you had to be circumcised. Just like it says, you had to be circumcised and you had to keep the Mosaic law. Right? That, that was under... Uh, if you wanted to be a convert... <coughs> excuse me. Just Judaism. Excuse me. So, which is important to know. Point six. Israel's purpose is not the same as the church's purpose the church is not the nation not the nation a nation under God the church is not under the Mosaic law that's been clear we've been talking about it that's the reasoning point seven Israel is not a nation under God that is currently and will not be so until the tribulation as we saw in revelation 7 also in revelation 2 Revelation 12 uh, as well. At the end, it tells you that they are those who have the testimony of Jesus and keep the commandments of God. Notice they'll be under the New Covenant. Seven. To build the church, God utilized Jews and Gentiles. Cultural Jews in the church lose that identity in Christ, right? Galatians 3.28, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, slave or free, all that. If you're in Christ, the barriers that were there because of the Mosaic law have been dissolved. Also, says Ephesians 2, cultural Jews in the church lose that identity. They are not under the law as a way of life. Now, some of them look at the law as their culture. And they say, well, I, I, I still want to obey some of the rules that I was raised under. Fine, you go ahead and do that. That's not a problem, God is saying. But now you ought to know that none of those things are uh, required of a person to live in the church, right? This is just what you're used to. doesn't mean this is spiritual living if you're under keeping the law. That's not spiritual living. So keep that in mind. And then, so that was point, I think that to build the church... Yeah, so eight, to build the church, God utilized Jews and Gentiles, cultural Jews in the church, to lose that identity. They are not under the law as a way of life. Nine, in this age, the law is only relevant for revealing the bad news. And we covered that verse in 1 Timothy 1, 8 through 10. We talked about whoremongers and all these different... Uh, the law is not made for the righteous. It's made for those who are in Adam. Remember, the bad news. It shows the bad news. Ten, the law as a way of life is not relevant for anyone in this age. It will be relevant when the church is raptured. The nation Israel is awakened under the new covenant. <clears throat> so that's when the law, Mosaic law, will come back into play. But under the new covenant, Right now, it's not relevant at all. Nobody in the church is under the Mosaic law. And even, let's just note, <clears throat> even in the tribulation when Israel does become a nation before God, it doesn't mean that Gentile nations are to abandon their laws and then all of a sudden the whole world become under Mosaic law. It's not going to happen there either. They're going to be God's special people under the law and their objective is to be that priest nation to the Gentiles to show the Gentiles the way to be saved like it says from the very beginning of forming the the nation Israel he told Abraham of you I'm going to make uh, I'm going to bless every nation through you that's a blessing to hear God's point of view on a national stage it's a blessing Can you imagine? We don't have that right now. Uh, We don't have a summit where one nation can speak to the world about salvation. There is no nation that could do that in in this age today. Salvation is only through those in the church or who are the church. So, All these things and these distinctions, if you do not know this, if you're not aware of this, you need to be aware of how this works. This is essential to understanding and orienting to this age. If you miss these things about the law, if you want me to ask you questions, to quiz you on what the law is all about, I can certainly do that, but... If you got any confusion about what the law is for, it needs to be ironed out. This was one of the greatest deceptions when the law came into being and the distortion of it. How did Satan look at this? He tried to distort it and turn it. And now the Jews walked away thinking that because they had the law, they were safe. They did away with the whole substitutionary sacrifice, the lamb, all that. And now it's just if you keep the law, then God will justify you. There is no justification from keeping the law. It's important for us to know this. And if you don't have this, you could end up like the Galatians, confused when you hear people talking about the law. You need to know automatically, okay, this is how the law works don't walk away from this And your spiritual life needs this as a foundation of understanding so that you know how you are to conduct yourself in this world before God that you're not swayed by Judaizers people are coming to you telling you oh the, the Mosaic law says this or the Mosaic law says that well okay it might say those things but that's not the way of life for you In the church. We are not under the Mosaic Law. Let's keep going. Point B. For through the law, this is what Paul, we're back to our verse in Galatians. For through the law, meaning the law had its purpose on Paul. He understood the bad news and believed in Christ. Galatians 3, 24 and 25. The law was a schoolmaster leading Paul. He understood that the law was the ministry of condemnation showed Paul where he was and why he needed a savior hopefully the bad news has done that for you that you know that there's nobody who can uh, say something to God who was in Adam because it says that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God I hope the law has done its work on you like it has done it on the Apostle Paul. When he was Saul the Pharisee, he said, Man, as far as the law was concerned, <clears throat> I was a Pharisee, which meant I was at the highest, the pinnacle. And then, as far as the law, blameless, Paul said, Man, I did everything. From the time I opened my eyes to the time I closed them, I did everything I could do in the law that. And God approved. I was blameless. That's what He said. But then, when He came and understood, when the true application of the law, Paul says, "Man, I couldn't even do one thing. I could one commandment. I couldn't keep, not one, because there was a sin nature in me." That's Romans seven. We're not going to go through the whole thing. We covered some of this last week, or when we previously met. So. Uh, <clears throat> Point C I died to the law There are two reasons that Paul is dead to the law And these two reasons correspond to the reasons we had As the main reasons for the law We kept covered in those ten points One, Paul died to the law because he understood the bad news Finally, and believed in Christ He is righteous before God uh, Because of Christ <coughs> So there it is. <clears throat> That's the reason why he's right. It's not having a righteousness, which is of the law, but a righteousness that is by faith in Christ. Philippians 3, 9. And if you want to read Paul's uh, journey, it's Romans 7, 7 through 10. What well, is the law sin? I would not have known sin except the law told me I should not cover But then he realized once the law started doing its work in Paul, realized that he was not in control of things. The sin nature was in control. Point two, that's the first. The law, it's the bad news that we need to understand. Paul really got that. He's he's dead to the law. What does he mean he's dead? Through the law, I died to the law. So the law brought him to Christ and now the law did its work. He doesn't need the law to bring him to Christ. He's already uh, a believer in Christ now. Point two, another reason Paul is dead to the law is because he realizes the Father's purpose for the church and we're under a new dispensation before God. He realizes that now. He's not fooled by the thought that um, we're still somehow subject to uh, the law or they were all sinners. Well, once you believe in Christ, you're no longer said to be a sinner. It doesn't mean you don't sin. It just means that you're no longer classified as a sinner. Somebody who operates according to their sin nature. We're in Christ now. So God has, he sees us positionally as functional Under Christ. That's how he sees us. No longer in Adam. That's a big distinction. Whether you're in Adam or you're in Christ. Today. In this age. So. Point D. So those are the two reasons. He's dead to the law. He realizes. Let's just cover him. He's dead to the law. Because. The the bad news did its work on Paul. The law revealed The bad news, so that he could now realize his need for a savior. Two, Paul realizes he's in the new dispensation. He's the apostle to the Gentiles. He changed his name. He did all that because he wanted to separate himself from the purpose. What does it mean? Separate? Dead. He's now he died to the law, right? And and that's what's important. So why does he die to the law? Point D, so that I might live for God. But now, here, here's the quote from seven six. But now, by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. So, by dying to that which once bound us. He's talking of both purposes now. He separated from the law, from because he died. He separated from it for a couple reasons, and here he encapsulates it both purposes in this one verse. We have been re- released from the law, so as to serve in the new way of the Spirit. So, dying to once bound us, the first reason, right? the law did its work on Paul. And he is now dead. He understands he's dead. And Adam and all of that. So he separates himself from the law. Just as we saw earlier. Because it was a schoolmaster leading him to Christ. Once he gets to Christ, he doesn't need the schoolmaster anymore. He's dying to that which once found us. Then he says, we have been released from the law. So as to serve in the new way of the spirit. So now, the new way of the spirit is not the Mosaic law. Some people have made it out that the new way of the spirit, the spirit of truth, is the Mosaic law. Does not? It is not. Here it says that we're released from the law. That's the Mosaic law, so that's to serve in the new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. There's lots of people who are serving in the old way of the written code, aren't they? Just look around. You'll see them. Point E, to note, the death here is due to the baptism of the Spirit. <clears throat> if we look at what happens when we're saved and when we come to believe in Christ, right? the Spirit baptizes us once we believe. Romans 6, 3 and 4, let's look at it. I think we sh- we got to read some scriptures here to make sure. What we're saying is in line with what the Scripture is literally saying. All we're doing is expounding on what the Scripture says. So Romans 6, 3 and 4. Or do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised through, from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. And that new there is kainos, which means never before seen new. This unprecedented type of new. Ne- new, new species type new. Right? Not, doesn't fit into any of the categories that we already have. That We live a new life. And that's what's important in our the, the life that we now have. right? If we're talking about how do we live, not in the old way of the written code, but in the new way of the spirit, the newness of life. But notice what we had to do to get to the new way. We had to go through this death, burial, and resurrection. That's the, what we call the baptism of the spirit. For every person who was in the church Goes through the baptism of the spirit that's part of uh, what happens in this age after Pentecost point E to note the death here is due to the baptism of the spirit we already covered that last point and we need to make sure we get it uh, so that you don't think oh so the Mosaic, Mosaic law is we still it has jurisdiction over me it does not uh, okay, so the last, well, we got two more verses in Galatians. We'll, we'll try to cover um, Galatians 2.20, and then next week, 2.21. So we'll, and then we'll, we'll have Galatians 2 under our belt. So Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me, life i now live in the body i live by faith in the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me that's a lot to cover we're going to cover some of these uh remember this is still an overview but there's a lot here so the first point is crucified with christ Paul is referring to bapt, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which we already covered in Romans chapter 6, 3. And we can look at what are the implications of that. If we keep kept reading 6, 4, we, um, we already read 6, 4. Let's read 6, 5. For if we have been united with him like this in his death, right? We, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like this. So in other words, it's using more, uh, we're identified with Christ and his death, his burial, and his resurrection. All right. Christ was under the Mosaic Law when he was here on earth, but now in heaven, he's not under the Mosaic Law. He's, <laughs> we're in a new dispensation. He's living, he's over a new life. And that's what we have gone through. We've gone through the same thing. So we're not subject to the Mosaic law in any sense of the word, but we are under Christ, under the law of Christ, which is not the Mosaic law. He's Lord of our lives. So 6.6, we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Now, we're a slave to sin because we're born that way. We, that's the reason why we're slaves to sin. You're not slaves to sin because you practice sin. <laughs> that's what some people think. They think, oh, well, if you practice sin, you're a slave to sin. No. Uh, not to say you can't give yourself to something or give yourself to a sin and it becomes an addiction. I'm not saying that's not true, but I'm saying as... Those born in Adam, we were all slaves to sin. Every one of us were slaves to the sin nature. The sin nature ruled over us, like a, a you know some, a, a king over its subjects. Verse seven: Because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. So the baptism of the Spirit breaks. What happened in uh, Romans 5 where it says, In Adam all die, in Adam all have a sin nature, and Adam all are condemned. Being united with the person of Christ and what the baptism of the Spirit does is it breaks that so we're no longer ruled by the sin nature. It cannot rule us any longer. Uh-oh, stand by all right resuming so there's a couple things in the reasoning of what bat- the results of the baptism of the spirit so because anyone who has died has been set free from sin verse seven romans six seven um well actually let's go to six six i just want to pick up to where we left off <clears throat> for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the old self who's that adam so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with well the body ruled by sin is meaning the sin nature how it has uh, rulership over us expressed through the body that we should no longer be slaves to sin we're slaves to sin by birth all of us now, if you talk to a moral person who thinks they're moral and doing God's will and all that, and they have not believed in Christ in this age, you know what they are? A slave to sin. They may never say that to you, but that is what the Bible thinks of them. They're a slave. You've got to... In this age, this is the only way. There is no two ways about it. If you believe in Christ, this has happened to you. Even if you didn't know it. That goes all the way back to... Verse 3, or do you not know? Okay, so some people may not know. Paul is saying you got to learn this. It's not something you just automatically get. you got to learn it. This is why we're going over it. 8, now if we die s- with Christ. Now the word if there means since. And we did die with Christ. We believe that we will also live with him, right? This is logical. It's not just logical, humanly speaking spiritually logical right? if we die with Christ we must we believe that we will also live with him right this is the reason why we died so that we're not slaves to a life of sin dictated by the sin nature <clears throat> if we die with Christ the, the objective in the baptism of the spirit is that we will share the life of Christ right? we live with him verse 9. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Notice, <laughs> he cannot. So death no longer he has mastery over him. So fear, the sin, death—all that conquered by Christ. It is if we're in Christ. Obviously, those things uh, are true of us as well. Verse ten. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So now there's a new life, as we said earlier in verse 4. But this new life is the subject here, not the old life. Right? We're supposed to focus now in the new life. So how do we understand this, verse 11? In the same way. Well, in the same way as Christ, as all of this, now he's before God. He's now uh, the, the Lord over uh, the church, and there's a new life in the church. In the same way <clears throat> as all of what happened to Christ, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Now, when it says count yourself dead to sin, it doesn't mean that you, you don't sin anymore. We don't even know all the areas in which we sin. Dead to sin means separated from the sin nature, but alive to God. So now, if you're free from what bound us, you're free from the sin nature ruling over all those who are in Adam, because we're no longer in Adam, we have been dead, we went through death, burial, and resurrection with Christ, so now we're in Christ, we're no longer bound by the same things in Romans 5, 17, 18, and 19 has over us death the sin nature and uh, condemnation no longer those things don't apply to us anymore we're now in christ so verse 11 in the same way count yourselves dead to sin well that life is over we don't have it but alive to god in christ jesus now you can serve god in a new and living way just like we said not in the old way of the Mosaic Law, which ruled over people uh, who were in Adam. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. So therefore, verse 12, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. In other words, the life you once lived while the sin nature was ruling over you don't allow it to continue to rule over you because you're serving in a new and living way now. So you have to have an understanding of what the mechanisms and the reasons why we sin is all uncovered now. And how should we move, move forward in this new life? Here it is. Count yourselves. Reckon. Consider yourselves dead to sin. And alive to God in Christ Jesus. Just like we saw in 7, where it's early, 7, 6, where it says, but now by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law so that we serve in the new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. Now he's talking about Jews now, obviously, because Jews had the law. Like verse 1, brothers... He says, uh, brothers and sisters, for I'm speaking to those who know the law. The law has authority over someone as long as that person lives. And then he gives an example of marriage. So he's talking to people who understood the law. But he's helping us understand how it all works out. Let's get back to our notes here. So point A, and that was point A, crucified with Christ. That's what we are. Paul is referring to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So these are things to learn to to get an understanding of as you come into the Christian way of life. what does it do? What's it for? How do we respond? what are the what are the things that baptism un, uh, makes of us? How should we see ourselves? It's a new it's a change in the way we think. Point B, I no longer live. He says, I have been crucified with Christ I no longer live. <clears throat> so, we could look at this thing, right? A couple ways. For every believer who believes in Christ in this age, they are, they have been crucified with Christ. So that is, positionally speaking, now you were in Adam, and now you're in Christ. You've been. That's what it means to be crucified with Christ. That can only be done by the Holy Spirit. However, because of that, remember we were saying count yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin and alive to God through Jesus Christ right? the crucified with Christ is also an acceptance and an embracing of the baptism of the spirit right? so that's one thing that's, like we said there's something to learn where Paul says "Well, do you not know that this happened to you <laughs> in 6-3 well Romans 6-3 that is but in this case <clears throat> Paul is saying I'm not just positionally like even though I didn't know it this happened to me Paul's saying I do know it and I accept it and I embrace it. So it is more experiential to be crucified with Christ in this regard. Even though it, ha- it has to happen positionally first before you can come to realize it right? it has to happen God has to do it and then you can realize and begin to order your life around the new dynamics that are created through the baptism of the Spirit, crucify with Christ now is an understanding and the wisdom of how to live your life as one who is crucified with Christ and no longer lives. So point B goes to the point of, I no longer live. So he's saying the life he lived in Adam, the life he lived, even though he thought he was a Pharisee under his name was Saul and all that, the the life he lived there, because he wasn't saved, the spirit hadn't done its work on him. But now he's saying, I no longer live that life. So this speaks of Paul's understanding and application of this truth to his life. Even if we think we are alive apart from Christ, it is no more binding than our thinking we are not an Adam from physical birth. So my point here is just more spiritually logical things to say as we make application to this. Right. We, God, the Holy Spirit, has to do a work in you. There is no life for us apart from Christ. Just like before, there was no life for us apart from slavery to the sin nature in Adam. There was that we couldn't. I don't care if you didn't think you were a slave to sin. It didn't matter. You were a slave to sin. And when you're in Christ. It, that is the life that is for you. Christ is Lord. He's, And his nature is now on the throne. But now, hopefully your thoughts are in agreement and embracing the thoughts of God. So you could decide... That, you know, you are not going to live the life of Christ, even though you're in Christ. Because what what are we talking about? We're talking about the Galatians here who did this. So Paul is telling them, look, I'm not in Adam anymore. I'm not going to respond as though I'm in Adam anymore. I'm in Christ now. And there's a new life. Before me, and not only is there new life, and positionally, I know that a man is not justified by the works of law, but by faith in Christ. And I know that after that happens, the baptism of the Spirit happens, which takes us out of Adam and unites us to the person of Christ. I know that. So, he's saying those things don't apply to to us anymore in this age. There's no reason for you to separate yourself from Gentiles. Now you you understand the truth in Christ. That's the goal. Paul is giving his example here to help them understand the truth. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. I'm not I no longer live. The things I might have done when I was Saul the Pharisee, I'm not doing anymore. Because I know what happened. I know the underpinnings and the new foundation that we have in Christ. And I know the life that neither Jew nor Gentile in Christ. I understand that. So why am I, when these people who don't understand that come, then I separate myself from the Gentiles, like I did when I was Saul, the Pharisee. That's wrong. Paul's saying, no, I don't do that. I am dead to that life. I died to the. I'm separated from the Moses. Me, who saw, who was a Pharisee, separated from the law. Well, what in the world would I be doing? That was my life. But not anymore. He says, the life I lived, I no longer live. So, we're, I, I notice that our time is here. We're going to have to stop. Uh, it's up. We've been going for a while. I'll stop because these verses are critical to our new way of life. We have to separate ourselves from the old way of thinking before we understand the new way. Right? Let's talk about the separation of how we uh, divorce ourselves from the previous life and how we, we accept what God has done. Positionally, and we begin to embrace it, which means we start living according to it. We allowed a wisdom of the new life, which was destined for our glory, before time to before time began to be. Our thinking now going forward, so we're going to stop, and um, next week we'll continue with these last two verses in Galatians. We should not rush through them. We'll continue. With these thoughts, let's bow our heads. Thank you, Father, for uh, this is profound information that you have given us in your word. We pray that we will come with hearts, with humility, so that we can allow you to teach us exactly what you mean, what our life is, the dynamics that are... In our spiritual lives, the forces that we have, the assets you have provided us through the Spirit of Truth. Father, we thank you for those who have come and we pray for each person, each family that's represented here and that Word is Truth has. We thank you for them. We pray that each will be challenged by these things to live the life that you have set for for us in this world. All this we ask in Christ's name for our sake. Amen.
1: Amen.